0: Hello and welcome to the Queer Experience. I am your host, Eric Crumrine, and you see they pronouns. And today we are talking about one of the most important things in video gaming, which is our first video game crush. And I am joined by an esteemed panel of folks who actually we've done this panel a couple times together. Um, they are from a Discord community that I'm part of called the Boston Gamers. Um, and I'm going to go down the line and let folks, if you want to introduce yourself, tell us your pronouns. Um, and don't give away your, your favorite, your crush yet, but just tell us maybe like some, you know, a a video game thing that you enjoy, like maybe a game you enjoy or something about video games that really brings you joy. And I'm just going to go down the line as like, you're on my thing. So Andy, that would put you up first.
1: Yeah. Um, hi, my name is uh, Andy. I use uh, she, her pronouns. Um, and right now I am playing signalis and it's amazing. The gaming awards do have that correct. (laughs)
0: Nice And Kate
2: Um, Hi, my name is Kate I use she, her pronouns And I've recently platinum pentiment And I was absolutely hooked Because I'm a huge nerd
0: (laughs) And
3: Andre Hi, my name is Andre I use he, him pronouns And uh, I've recently devoted my entire life To city skylines And I hate it (laughs) (laughs) But you're still playing, though. You're still playing. Oh, of course, of course. I never thought I'd be spending so much time focusing on traffic, of all things. We've all been
1: there. <laughs> yes, oh. I hate this game, but I will never stop playing it. It's like I one thousand plus hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's Dead by Daylight in myself. Some days I'm like, I hate this fucking game, and then you're like, yeah. but Eric, you put fourteen hundred
2: hours into it. You're like, yeah. stop. It's fine. Oh, that—that that is me with FIFA since 1996. So, oh, I hate it. <laughs> no. I'm never going to buy it again. And then every year, oh, but maybe this year will be better. And it never is. <laughs> I think r- right now my
0: like video game joy has been, um, and i I'll, we'll probably talk about it a bit later because it, it kind of falls into this, even though it doesn't, um, is the new Marvel Midnight Suns game. It's super fun and it's not gay, but it is gay. Hmm. And I like erotic not even like it's it's more so just like this really beautiful like collective of people living together and really expressing their love for each other constantly like characters are not afraid to like oh my like but like i love so and so and not necessarily like in a romantic way but just like this little like it feels like this cute little like poly commune that they all live in (laughs) and i just want the best for everybody. everybody
1: Are there like dice or cards or something?
0: It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a turn-based strategy with like a card deck mechanic for combat, um, which is normally not my jam, but this one is simple enough that it works for me and I don't get overwhelmed. I am probably also not optimizing my characters, but that's a whole separate thing for the final boss fight, (laughs) but all right. So let's jump back into video game crushes and we'll just go straight down the, the same line that we did before. So I'm gonna kick it to Andy to start us off. Tell us who was your first video game crush.
1: So this one, these are all kind of weird because, like, there really aren't any like trans characters. So none of it's really gonna like. They're all I know there are, okay, people. But when I was ten or eleven, I think in terms of like a crush early one was Jade from um, beyond good and evil, because that was both like, yeah, she's, she's smoking, but also like, why do I kind of want to be her as well? Okay. Like she's like the, this plus she's a great, like she's a great character. Like she's a really phenomenal female character that doesn't feel like um she doesn't feel like she was written by a man, nor does she feel like she was written by a man who's desperately trying to pass the Bechdel test. Like you're like, (laughs) it doesn't feel so like, like it, you know, like that scene in Rick and Morty where he's trying to write a, a, a story about like to pass the Bechdel test. And it's so clearly incompetent. doesn't feel like that. It's, it's, she feels sincere. She's, She's really cool, um, and I, I don't know. I'm trying to. I apparently am turning into her, so you know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> All
0: right. And uh, Kate, what was? Give us yours.
2: Oh my! So um, I grew up in a time and place where arcade games were still a thing, um, and I was a very precocious young lesbian. So my first crush was Chun Li from Street Fighter Two. Uh, the moment I saw her kick ass, do all her moves with those pants, I was like, "Yep, that's it, that's it, that's the woman for me." <laughs> <laughs> it was not a lot of, you know, pro- processing intellectual thoughts behind it. It was just, yeah, yeah, she can kick ass. Um, she's she's good. She looks good doing it. Um, and I like her, and that's it. I don't think I even had the words to describe that at the time. This is me irretrospective being like, "Oh, I was gay already at the time,"
0: right. Right. Is it thing like, why does this person make me feel a certain way? I don't understand. And then later you're like, Ah, oh, there it is. Yeah,
2: oh that's why. Oh, I didn't want to be her. I wanted to be on her.
0: Life bulb going <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Uh and Andre, what about what about you? Who
3: is your crush? Yeah, so my crush is uh, Arcade Gannon from the game Fallout New Vegas. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about a hot, sexy man who flirts with you and who is very cold and detached you know he's you kind of want to chase it it gives you a little bit of a thrill but he's you know he's a doctor too so like bingo, it's like everything you want in a man uh and i also have daddy issues apparently and he's very much like the stereotype of a daddy so at least as far as you can get to in fallout New vegas before the you get to like uh what's his name pete in um like the old men that look like they're made out of clay, like Play-Doh. Yeah. Yeah, Where their face looks like they're melting.
0: I love you. Like you're, you're describing him and I'm just like, I, in my head, I'm like, I can fix him.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you're just like, Oh, he's like self deprecating
0: too, which, you know, another
3: quality I can, I can relate to. And he's just like, uh, it's like, I want to fix you. I want to take you in and I want to, you know, take you to see the world. Uh, have you shoot things for me and then you know after we get to the uh, lucky 38 we can we can talk things through
2: i i really want to get into an astrology segue and ask you what's your star sign because (laughs) (laughs) from hearing these things i got ideas (laughs) but this is not the place
1: these these questions and the daddy issues are just coming up left and right
0: (laughs) I was gonna say like that's because I, I mean we because we've done like I said for folks listening like we the the collection of us have done this panel once or twice before and uh, daddy issues were a common theme on all those panels and I I contributed to that by with my crush which was uh, Titus from Final Fantasy X <laughs> and I say it because like that was I mean I'm sure if I gave it a lot like if I really 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 tried to give it a lot of thought I could I'd probably have something similar to Kate where it's like oh. When I was much younger, I was really drawn to a certain character in a game, and but like I don't remember, I don't know why, kind of thing. I, for me, I remember Titus being in that spot of like navigating my sexuality, and like being like, just weirdly being like, oh, like this character's one I like to like. I mean, great, it was Final Fantasy X on like PS2 at the time, like graphics weren't great, like this isn't realistic looking, <laughs> but I was like, okay, uh huh, and then I'm like, it's a it's a twink with daddy issues, and that just. It translates so well (laughs) to (laughs) 2023. Yeah. But I I think it's one thing that like a couple of people mentioned and I think is, is a big thing is, you know, I think when, probably when we were all younger and in that space of navigating all of our examples, I think with the exception of Andre, I don't know your character actually was gay, correct? Yeah. He does come out as gay. Like if you probe him enough. Okay. Mm. And I, I think for the, for the other three of us, like those characters that we were kind of lusting after in different ways were not characters that like were canonically queer in any capacity. Um, as at least as far as we knew at that time. I know sometimes yeah. when people are younger, like their characters not gay or queer, but then like later the game is like, oh, BT dubs, they're now canonically gay because we said so. Yeah. Um, happy Pride Month. <laughs> <Yeah>. So surprise. <laughs> so for 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 everybody, what I guess tell me about so like thinking about games, when is when was the time you played a game that you felt like actually kind of encapsulated something that spoke to your experience as a queer gamer? I'm just sort of like a big loaded question right there for everybody. And it and it's okay to say that you haven't had that experience if you have not had that experience. Yeah. Well, actually for me,
3: and I know that. I, I'm, I swear, I'm not just trying to talk more about Arcade Ganon, but I just love him as a character so much. Uh, partially because, uh, like, so this is a bit of a controversial take. Some people don't like his representation as a gay man in Fallout because it's very much hidden. It's like you have to probe him, and even then, it's really easy to ignore. He's not like an out and proud kind of gay character. He's just sort of like if you flirt with him, he flirts back, right? But at the same time, it was just very much like a here's a character who is, you know, very well written. He's very deep. He's like, he has a lot of things going on. And his sexuality is not the main focus of his story. Like the main focus of his story is essentially him dealing with the, like the, you know, con- the controversial legacy of the group that he was born with. Cause he's from the Enclave, which is this genocidal cult. And he's, you know, even though they've let go of their ways after a big, battle there's you know that's still part of their legacy and he even though he was a kid during that he still doesn't know how to feel about that and like that's the main crux of his issue like not his sexuality so for me like I really liked that I was like oh thank god like the my sexuality is not the most exciting thing about me it is an exciting thing don't get me wrong but it's not the most exciting thing and for me that was really nice seeing a character like that where it's like you know they don't need to be where like waving a pride flag around they don't need to be kissing another man but you still you can tell that he's like if you ask him he'll tell you but that's not his biggest thing
0: yeah and definitely like i mean that's a conversation that i feel like that comes up all the time with characters about like how how queer is somebody or are they or like do we do we get enough of that from the story but sometimes it is nice when it's just like it's there and And, like, until you talked about it in one of the panels, I had no idea because I've only played a little bit of that game, but also didn't get, I think, that character. If I did, I didn't, like, do whatever questions led to those answers. So sometimes it's nice when you, like, find that in a game and it's done well. Yeah, and I think there's
3: a major distinction to be made between, like, for example, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know enough about this, so I might be talking out of my field house, but with, like... It's not like you're releasing a whole bunch of Overwatch characters and then after a year of it being out, you're going, by the way, this one's gay. Like, it (laughs) it is written in the text of the game, like, from the get go. It's not a patch, it's not a DLC. Like, it was intended that this character is gay. Same with Veronica in the same game, Fallout New Vegas. Like, she's gay. She has a lesbian, uh, like, love interest in the DLC as well. Like,
0: it was written in the text of the game. It's not like a, a rainbow washing situation. right (laughs) Uh, and andy andy or k do you have like a a character or a game where you you felt seen in some way
2: uh it's i think for female characters is a bit more difficult um i mean i'm not i don't have like a, a vast knowledge of of a lot of games i play like my my gaming experience is like very hyper focused at times um I did. I was very pleasantly surprised um, when I played Heaven's Vault because the uh, the protagonist is an archaeologist, uh, but she's not a um, you know whip wielding, you know gun shooting, uh, hot pants wearing archaeologist. She's actually a nerd. She's more of a philologist too, which is fantastic. Um, she has bad lungs. She's got asthma. She's got like she has all these all these very human things. Um, she doesn't fight. There's no fighting in that game. Uh, and she's very interesting in the past. And then, like, very, like, between the lines in the game itself, you're like, huh, is she a lesbian? Is she not? And then when you read the books that the, um, the developers and the director of the game wrote about the, about the game, that she's actually queer. And you're like, whoa, okay. So as, um, as Andrew was saying, it's, like, not the most important part of her character. It's, uh, it's there. She is a queer woman. But it's not, like, it's not a rainbow wash thing. Uh, It's not like they thought about it afterwards. It was, like, baked in the character. But Mm -hmm. that was something that really struck a chord with me because I was like, wow, this is something that is, like, an archaeologist in a very traditional sense that she's not, like, looting sites. She's not exploding things in, like, the video game sense. Um, But she's also, like, a queer woman. I think it was, like, the first time I saw someone close to myself represented in a game even though it's not a triple a game right um, i wish i could say oh i'm just like cassandra in assassin's Creed." i'm not unfortunately um <laughs> but you know so that was probably something that spoke to me but it took some time to settle in because i was like oh you know this is a nice game it's a great great story and then i read the books and my mind was absolutely blown but i don't think there's a lot of representation of female characters that are not Fighters for, or at least in the types of games that I play, right? Because everyone in Assassin's Creed can kill someone, even right. the healers surely have killed someone at some point. Um, so and we're not naming any names, but we will be naming names. <laughs> so, um, but that was, that was probably like the the first time that I was like, oh, this is yeah, this one, this one speaks to me uh, for many reasons, and it spoke to me from the archaeology perspective, and then she was also queer, so that was like the cherry on top for me. <laughs> Andy, sorry, I got you off before. <laughs> I no, mean, you're fine. Um, I'm, I've am i been kind of mulling
1: because, like, if I'm coming at this from a purely, like, from a trans perspective, there really isn't much. Like, and we'll talk about later, I know, about sort of most of the trans games I can think, to games with trans protagonists, that are focused on sort of the body horror and the pain of being trans. But I was feeling a little vindicated when I saw Saints Row on the gaming awards because I called that in August because I said that was probably the most authentic trans experience I've had in gaming is Saints Row, because that is a character who's orientation, gender identity, all of that stuff is really front and center in character creation, but it also takes a backseat to the hedonistic bullshit that you go through in the game. And that's kind of liberating, honestly. You know, there's no pain associated with your gender identity. You're just, you're an asshole no matter what and it's kind of great honestly
3: <laughs> like it's a very inclusive asshole simulator
1: exactly and like i you know i joke but i'm kind of serious like there's you know i've talked the 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 one i think about jj macfield and the island of memories which is a really powerful game is all about the horrors of the trans body experience. And, you know, the Celeste is a lovely game, but, you know, it's got this duality thing. I mean, the, the character is canonically trans, and at least, you know, this is in a Bridget situation where it, they just decided one day that she was trans, and so, it's kind of nice to play a game where the you know the pain and the fear that I experience a lot isn't like isn't the front and center, and right. you know, instead it's almost peripheral, but it's still there, and it's kind of cool. Like it's it's your character can be trans. And you're still running a gang and that's fun. Like that's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I think something I mean, there's there's something something to be said, I think, for video games when it's like I I in some respects want to detach from my reality around me and jump into something that is not, you know, North America twenty twenty-three and dealing with all the the bullshit in the world that we're dealing with.
2: I don't necessarily
0: want that in my game, but I still want to be able to be present in my game. And I think trying to walk that line can be super challenging. Cause I've played some of the, some indie games where you can be gay and you can do some of these things, but it was so, so, so rooted in a real world experience that like I tried streaming one of them. I tried streaming a game, um, Which, and I'll say, like, the game was uh, always sometimes monsters, and it it is a really well-done game. I did enjoy the game, um, but it was hard to do things, like, to stream it on Twitch or, like, play it with friends watching because, like, it was, like, my character had people use homophobic slurs. And, like, because that's part of the nature of, like, the world sucks and your character is part of the world. (laughs) And so, like, they throw the racism, the homophobia, and all that in there which can really kind of take you out of that experience if you're not like mentally preparing for that. Um, so I think that's always, that's always a tricky thing. And I know um, I think we've done this before and we talked, I think just in talking in, in discord, like even like games where a character creation process is in play. Like I think there are games that are getting better at navigating how you can make a character that is trans or non-binary without having like, I'm thinking, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising did it really nicely when like they do their character creation where you can choose the different bodies or different like like ways you want to present your character. And then the the voice options are like numbered. So it's not yeah. like male voice one, male voice two. It's just voice one voice. Like, and even that small thing I think can do so much for a game because it removes that that gendered language around simply having a voice and letting people create a yeah. character that maybe you know, looks like them, sounds like them, and en- encapsulates their pers- their person without having all those extra like it's a guy, it's a girl kind of binaries to it. Um, and
1: I I know with like with everyone, voice is expo- important, but like trans people are very protective of their voices. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, I went to therapy, voice therapy, to work on my voice, so. Having non that I didn't realize that having non-gendered voice is really cool um, because that is something we fixate on for good or bad. It is so that's that's kind of nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So you can also you can also,
2: you can also have like all like every hairstyle is available like regardless of like how you choose to present your character. Um, and I think they used they pronouns in the narration so they didn't have to record everything twice. So,
3: yeah, yeah, actually, that was one of the things that I noticed while doing a little bit of research is that it's sometimes often easier to do the inclusive thing, yes. to just sort of, like, let things be and let anyone choose whatever than it is to specifically separate the game into two,
0: one for a male character,
3: protagonist, and one for a female one.
0: Right. right. Isn't it fun when, like... The inclusive option is actually the easier option for you to like make an entire game. It's the cheapest one. You do less work if you're just inclusive. It's wild. It's cheaper.
3: It's time. It's cost effective. It's, you know, (laughs) and you get the brownie points from the LGBTQ community. So it's like, why bother doing the opposite?
0: Like we'll throw, we'll throw money at your game. We've proven this over and over again. We'll throw money at your games. I mean, I like as a, as a queer man, like I think there's been a lot of representation in games over the past couple of years, especially you dive into like indie and some of that kind of stuff. But I, I will, I think I'll always remember uh, Mass Effect three, introducing a romanceable male character. Cause I was a big Mass Effect and drag and Dragon Age fan. Uh, Dragon Age was great. Um, the like male character you could romance in the first game though, was like this completely amoral, like just whore of a human. And I loved him. But like it was it felt like it was mostly a like his sexuality didn't matter so much. It was more so just like he will just sleep with you just because you did a good job romancing him versus like some of the other characters where there was a little bit more of like an actual plot or story or compelling romance to it, which I mean, there are times where it's like, yes, that's the we just said, like, take the easier option. It's, you know, we'll 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 appreciate it. But I think there are times where it's like, okay, but you got to give me like a little bit, like you got to hone, you got to like hone this character down just a, just a smidge. Um, but mass effect. And it was a weird character. Cause like in the third, the, the first game, there was supposed to be a male male romance that they took out of the game before it got released. Um, and then I think it, the, I think depending on how you play the game, that character pops back up in the third one. And I think you can romance him there as well. Uh-huh. I, I forget if he's actually romanceable in that. Cause I fix, I fixate on somebody else. Um, but there was a character, like, you meet him, and it's, I mean, great like, the, the the world is ending and all of that, but, like, it's this character who's, like, my husband just died, and then, like, you get him on your ship, and, like, what, like, a couple weeks later, you're able to just, like, start boning him up in your private quarters, and you're, like, it doesn't feel, like, I mean, it's still good in that there was that character representation, and, like, you know, you're at the end of the world, people are gonna act differently, and, like, it felt natural and justifiable, but when you, like, pull it back out and look at it from a 30,000 foot view, you're, like, this is weird this man's husband died i met him at his like memorial wall (laughs) and now you're just like and now we're just doing it we're just doing it (laughs) with all love to mass effect though like this is a game
3: with a race of sexy women aliens that are there just to sleep with everyone like at least in in the story so i'm like my standards are low but like Right.
2: But holy shit. <laughs> yeah.
3: I didn't expect much, but I got to However, even
2: lost. I would like to point out that um Ovid, like the Roman uh poet, wrote that sometimes you will find your second husband at the funeral of your first one. So it's not a new thing, right? Like yeah. he tells people go to funerals and you'll find, you know, sexy widows or like sexy widowed men ready to born. so you know, it's nothing new.
0: No, <laughs> And I do think, and I think it's something Andre said before, and I think we kind of hit on a couple of times. Like it's, I do appreciate when it is actually baked into a character. Um, I know I referenced at the beginning, like I'm I'm a huge Dead by Daylight nerd. I love playing it, et cetera, et cetera. And like this pride month, they were like, oh, by the way, one of these characters we released like during one of the, I think he wasn't an, an initial character in the, in the beginning set of the game, but one of the DLCs later. Oh yeah. By the way, he's gay now uh and like and I, I will give them i will give behavior their credit like they worked with an organization like they worked with an lgbtq organization to make sure that the lore and everything was done well versus just like slapping like a rainbow flag on him somewhere and saying like look he's gay because like their lore is really baked into the game and like you can uncover people's story as you play and as you do things which is cool um but it it was a little bit that push and pull of like okay this character has not been identified to be queer in any capacity and it's June and you're just like, Oh yeah, this one. And it, you know, but it was like the big masculine rugby looking guy, which I thought was just kind of like an extra like fun bit where it's like, we're going to take the one that probably looks the straightest
3: and make him the queer one. There's actually something really uh, like the more I look into representation in games, the more I realize that for a straight person, it is a bit of a minefield because Either you're talking about inclusivity, which, you know, you can run into problems like the best Effect issue, or you're talking about telling a gay story or a queer mm-hmm. story. And if you're a straight person, you might jump into so many holes, like pitfalls, just trying to tell a gay story that you have no connection with, especially if you don't have LGBTQ people in your like team with you telling you. And in that case, it's really them. It might be them telling their story. And it also might be the issue that their story doesn't resonate with a lot of other LGBTQ people. So like, for example, I know a lot of people that really do not like the whole Brokeback Mountain story again and again and again, because to them, like coming out was a joyous experience. Whereas a lot of people might find that insulting because a lot of people didn't have a joyous experience coming out. So like you, it's, it is a very, like, loaded topic for for us, for obvious reasons. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to intentionality. If you come to it intending for that, for that character to be LGBTQ and you come with it, like, first of all, willing to listen, second of all, willing to learn, and third of all, willing to make changes, you mu- will have good representation in your game in the end of it all. Right. But you have to have that intentionality. You can't just last minute. Oh sh- we forgot. We need a gay. We need a gay. We need to. Wait, where, where are the gays?
2: Where are the gays? We, we, we forgot the, the gays again.
0: Who was supposed to bring the gays to this one? <laughs> Did you get the mamo? Pride. So, and I, I think building on that, and we'll go. Maybe I'll try and like go reverse. I know we've been kind of popping around a bit. Talk to me about like so it's. Well, it's, it's now that we're, we're recording this like literally on January 2nd. So it's like just into 2023. Happy New Year. So happy New Year, everybody. Ooh, a month yeah. later. <laughs> uh, but Andy, I'm going to put you on the... I'm going to start with you. we will put you on the spot. So for you, can you talk about maybe in the past year or in the past two or three years, where have you found some really solid queer gaming experience?
1: Um. I've noticed like a concerted effort to tell queer stories, which is great. Um, as I said, I've been playing Signalis. I think that has been tremendous. Um, I'm not completely through it yet, but I think the the imagery is beautiful. The, the sort of the queer undertones are there, but you don't feel, or at least right now, I don't feel it so like I don't want to say overt that's not what I mean like it's 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 part of a bigger picture um, and I really like that I I, um, I just generally enjoyed more um, sort of women protagonists who are like interesting and dynamic whether it's um, Subnautica, or, like, I love Subnautica, talk about, talk about a woman who can just hold her fucking own, and it's like not, like, she's like a, she's like another Samus, you know, before, before, uh, you know, before Other M kind of tainted that whole franchise um like and that i mean it's irrelevant to me almost if she's queer it's just an incredible character um i've enjoyed just like yeah sometimes it is about the pain but there have been some pretty stellar sort of as i said metaphors for trans experiences um uh, I know there's, there was one very recently, but I didn't, it was by the people who I think did, um, Alan Wake and Quantum Break, I believe there was the, one of the characters was uh, one of their newest ventures. I can look this up. But is, that, I, is that Control? Is it Control? Someone was non-binary. let me. Uh, okay. We'll, anyway, we'll, I, we'll, we'll
0: circle back.
1: I'll circle. I'll, I'll look it up. But I'm glad that stories are being told. And as I said, sometimes it, it, it can be a lot that it's more of the sort of pain. But sometimes that's how you have to get through to an audience who might not really understand. Yeah. And being overt sometimes works um, because, you know, that our brains respond that way, um, and that that's been pretty cool overall. Um, yeah. I have my feelings on other sides of things, but i that that's been very positive.
0: And I will say, and I think something with the overtness of of stories is also, I think that sometimes when you do something in a, like a metaphorical sense, people can write it off more easily. Whereas, yeah. like, if they because, like, oh, like, did you not get the metaphor? That this is all about being trans, and people are like. Like I'll, I mean, I'll point to Celeste because I didn't like for I think I did, I played that for a little bit, not knowing some of the canonical stuff about the game, and like at first like that wasn't a thing that registered in my brain until someone was like, no, but like, Eric, that's what it, that's what it's kind of about. And I was like, oh, like that ma- it makes sense because I just was approaching it as like, oh, it's this cute game about this like girl who's like trying to climb this giant mountain and I die a lot. Um, so I, I do appreciate games that take that, like, overt approach yeah. of, like, you're going to hear this story because we we want to tell it and do it well, and we don't want to be able to, like, sidestep something. Uh,
1: it, and I, I think that that worked extremely well, like, for sure. Um, the Because it, it is once once it's sort of explained just on the surface level, I think you can see... How then you can start diving into the like where the metaphor is going in terms of struggles and in terms of sort of how we feel a lot of the times, where whether it's this daunting mountain or this sort of this other who is kind of causing chaos along the way.
0: Um, and Kate, what about what about you? In the past couple of years, has, have there been games that you feel have have spoken to you, or have have done something particularly well?
2: Ah, uh, so double double answer: one from like two years ago, and one from the the last month. Um, I've been putting an obscene amount of hours in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um. <laughs> For uh, simping reasons, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, the canon character is big, burly female warrior Eivor. She's, you know, she's ever lesbian stream and everything else. She's canonically queer. Um, there is a very well-written... We, we don't talk about the last chapter. last chapter does not exist. Um, There's a very well-written romance with her sister-in-law, uh, which brings to a whole lot of issues. Right? Um, it It has brought together a great um lgbtq community especially of um like queer women who have found each other and become friends simping um and playing the game and talking about like like spot the lesbian among the characters like which one which one do we like which ones are canonically queer and which ones do we kind of claim for ourselves um so the moment the first trailer dropped, we all saw the seer, Valka, and everyone went fair. We're like, yes, she's one of us. <laughs> Clearly, this has been no all heterosexual explanation for that. She's one of us. Never been confirmed. She's like, she never mentions anything to anyone, but she's a great character. Um, but th- that's been like a big, like, but that's like overtly, like there's, there is some overtly queer stuff in there. But I've also found the queer stuff, when I did not expect it while playing Pentiment, so Pentiment is set in 1500s Germany, village in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, of course, every girl in the village has to be married because, you know, that's that's, that's, how you, that's how you do it, right? You need to make get married and have children. There are these two girls that have a very close friendship. Um, they get married to two guys, but they keep referencing that they like someone else, that they're not really exactly in love with their husbands. And then you find them skinny dipping together um and so you're like oof okay i see that and then for reasons that i cannot tell because it's giant spoilers the the husband of one of them clearly knows but he's okay with it um and she actually tells you oh he's a good husband because he lets me spend as much time with you know my female friend as i want um <laughs> So, yeah. So there's a lot of that. And there is also a lot of nuance, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in how the nuns are represented in that game. You have some really good discussions with like some of the nuns, like some of the high status nuns that tell you, um, we don't have a choice in our vocation, right? We have zero choice in this." And some of the younger ones actually want to get out of the monastic life. Um, not like very few of them ever, uh, ever reference like their own sexuality. I mean, you can sleep with one of them and she gets pregnant. So that one, that one's at least kind of straight. Um, but the others don't have a lot of choice. So it got me thinking about, you know, how much agency do these people have? And like, do these women have, there's a lot of emphasis on like the agency that these women are lacking and they're making the best of their situation. So I found like a lot of queer undertones in there too. Um First with the skinny dipping, but then it also got me thinking about agency <laughs> in, in the in the context of a nunnery. Um so and that was completely unexpected. I started with you know debating the N8 with, you know, sister illuminata, and then I was like, oh shit, okay, but in what else didn't they have agency? So I was it was a, a, a roller coaster of a year. Uh, but I'm I'm really pleased I played the game. <laughs> it's really it's really nerdy. <laughs> you
0: You were talking about that, I know this one this is a little bit off of off video games, but I, I just I'm trying like new year's resolution. I'm trying to read more books this year (laughs) and I got one for Christmas. That was uh, by Sean and McGuire of the the wayward children series, which for anybody who doesn't want to um, engage with other intellectual properties of magic schools Mm -hmm. that are uh, run by transphobic pieces of shit. This is a very (laughs) cozy and fun series that really dives into like queer and trans representation and i am on the sixth book which is like a standalone you can read on it like without the rest of them but in this one there was literally like part of this culture is and i won't say anything about the world because a lot of the world building is is a lot of fun to like discover what this this character gets into but like they have this community set up where it's like these women living together and there are no men around and then they talk about going to the fair Like they keep referencing it and talking about like finding a husband and like as you kind of like start piecing it apart you're like oh they're literally just, like, it's it's sex workers. Like, they go and find a man. They pay him money. And then, like, they, they see it as an exchange because he gives them a child that then they can use and, ra- like, they can raise the child as part of their their community and everything else. And, like, it's very, very, like, transactional. And then it's, like, this women community. And if they have a boy, they, like, give it back to the husband. And they're, like, here, he's actually yours. Where the, the men go off and raise their community on, like, a different part of the the, the continent. But it's just like this very fascinating breakdown of like, oh, no, like we're just a bunch of women living, and they will call them our husband. But like we just gave him some money so that way he would give me a child.
1: What, what is this series? I'm sorry. Uh, so
0: the, the series is The Wayward Children. And this book in particular is called Agra- Across the Green Grass Fields. Um, it is I describe it to people as kind of a um, Chronicles of Narnia with like an Xavier School for the Gifted vibe. So the the general premise of the entire series is that like a children and like their adolescence find like are either downtrodden or outcast or whatever. And they like a door somewhere opens up for them and they walk through this door and they end up in a different magical world. And eventually that magical world will kick them back out. Mm -hmm. And so when they return to kind of their home, they don't know what, how to readjust. And so most of the books are about them at this like school together because they're all these like kids that were rejected from this like magical world. Um, The, this particular book does not have the school in it. It's literally just about like one, one girl um, and kind of her story. And they're super quick and super fun little reads. Um, But when Kate was talking about this, like community of like women and all this, like the agency that everyone has, I was like, Oh, like that, that reminds me of this other thing. It's not video games, but whatever. We'll talk about it. It's relevant. (laughs) Um. Awesome. Andre, what about you? What is What are some things in the past year, couple of years that you have really spoken to you? Well, if uh,
3: if the Greeks weren't, you know, screwed up enough when it comes to their sexuality and the way their creative interpretations of sex, Supergiant Games then went, all righty, we're going to make it even gayer. <laughs> oh, yes. And they made <laughs> oh, Hades, yes. Yes. which... It's like, all right, you know, they already had some screwed up lore and some screwed up stories in Greek myth. And then they went, all right, here's a polyamorous relationship. Here's more gays. Here's even more gays. Zagreus is canonically a bottom. Like, they were, they went all out, like, into making Hades as gay as humanly possible. And I was here for it. And, of course, every character there is sexy. Like, it is, I don't care your sexuality, you look at every one of those characters, and you're like,
2: "They're
1: all fuckable."
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Like every
3: yeah. one of them is eminently bangable. It is astonishing. Oh my
2: God. And yeah. I just speaking, kept playing speaking the Speaking of daddy the issues, then tell us about Hades <laughs> <Yeah>. himself.
3: <laughs> I mean, how much do I? Well, how, I don't have to sin to go to Hades, do I? Like,
0: <laughs>
3: like. You know, the Catholics say, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And the Greeks were like, sorry, Daddy, I've been bad. And then <laughs> they find themselves down there. And I want to get there.
2: Oh, no. Not the
0: sorry, Daddy, I've been bad. Same <laughs> oh, thing.
2: I, uh, I mean, and- I mean, the Furies with the whips. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, oh, yes. Whom like, do I have to kill for this?
3: Like, I was waiting for people to start cosplaying. Because Zagreus, like, oh. What a delicious twink. And, you know, I was, like, just waiting for people to start cosplaying him. I was just waiting for it. But, yeah. Hopefully,
0: hopefully conventions this time around, because with, with Hades 2 with Hades now on the horizon.
3: Yeah, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Hecate is a big influence, which, yep. you know, yep. heads up for all the witches. Oh, yeah. I'm loving uh, it.
2: Hades 2 is going to be, you know, too fast, too furious, too gay. Or it's going to be like... <laughs> gayer than the first one i was like and here's the the sexy sister who's may also be i mean we don't know probably not straight and here's the witchy auntie and here's you know everyone else that we didn't bring in. i was like oh my god i was already sweating when i was looking at that trailer
0: and i and i i haven't finished hades so like I, I i can't speak to all but like i feel like i don't feel like anyone in that game was straight like i don't feel like there was a single heterosexual amongst that crew
3: no I can't think of any one of them that was properly and just straight like I think they were all at least a little bit gay
2: Yeah, Yeah. maybe chaos being asexual would make sense because you know or Nyx because you know they're not they're cosmic forces but who knows maybe they bang who knows who knows
1: (laughs) I don't know I feel like in in the Greeks world everyone fucks like they just wrote
2: Yes, they as were... a classicist, I can confirm. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> all fucking all the time.
0: And I, I know we like I, I had on it briefly, but the uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising game also had a lot of like the the narrators are these like two older catty gay men. Like I don't know if they're canonically are, but like just like their interplay with each other, it's like this. It, it feel it felt it almost felt like a little bit like the the Muppets in the the theater, the Waldorf. Oh, the exactly yeah, oh, like the two so of them bad. just like bantering but like a little bit gayer like it was just because like one's narrating and telling the story and then the other one's yelling at him to like hurry it up and like get to the point and it's just it's oh, just good
2: that. yeah well one of them is zeus and zeus did not dislike boys so. right
0: zeus was like are you breathing and have a pulse
2: exactly
0: hello and welcome to the queer experience <laughs>
3: He's th- like, I can't have kids. I can't get
0: STDs. All
3: righty, everyone is my
2: <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so the
0: important lesson we're learning from this podcast today is that the Greeks are great, and we should have more games about Greeks just having sex. And really, actually, that's- I actually that's one of the things
3: that I loved about Hades because when there was criticism of their LGBTQ representation. Everyone could just comment, like, do you know Greek mythology, like, at all? Like,
2: have you opened a book? Do you, oh, Greek
0: do you know the lore? Let me just, like, cut, yeah. like, like when people criticize anything where it's like a comic book adaptation or whatever, and they're like, that's not true to the comics. You're like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> have you read a Greek myth ever? Just any, pick any one of them.
1: What do you I- think Odysseus was doing with his crew in between <laughs> islands? Come
2: on, pillaging, marauding.
1: Yeah, pillaging certain areas. Right. Of the, road.
2: the booty, right? Yeah. Right. Chasing the booty. As long as they had
0: olive oil, everything was okay. <laughs> oh, I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna segue us off the Greeks for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull us back in. I feel like I need like the like the hammer. Like everyone, everyone go to horny jail. Um, <laughs> I think the the past couple of years for me the. There's like two that stand out in my brain. Um, one is and I'm going to continue the theme of daddy uh, and it's dream daddy. It was, <laughs> it was literally like this, like adorable, like visual novel dating simulator with like some mini games kind of spread here and there. But like, by and large, it was literally just like the choices you make when you like have dialogue. And for me, like there was a few layers set that I really appreciated. One is when you start telling your, your character's backstory, you have a daughter, like the premise is you have a daughter and you're moving into a cul-de-sac and it's a this magical cul-de-sac full of daddies that you can date and romance. Um, I don't know where in the United States that cul-de-sac exists, but if I, if anyone can point me towards it, um, I would like to, I would like to go to there. Um, but the, when you're telling, like when your daughter comes up to you and says something, there's like an initial moment where you can, you can opt to either have had a wife or have had a husband prior to moving to this cul-de-sac. And then I think there's an extra layer of you can decide whether or not it was a divorce or if the partner passed away. Um, and I think an extra layer of how the daughter came into the picture, like was she adopted or was there like a surrogate process that you went through, but like giving even like those small details in like how you tell your story was nice. I think it ge- it can give people who we, t- we were talking about this before, like with Brokeback Mountain, like that's not everyone's experience Where at the same time I think the people that probably res that brokeback mountain resonated with watch something like heart stoppers and say that doesn't resonate with me because I don't understand that story that is not the experience that I had and while I appreciate that other people are having it it actually makes me sad to know that I never got it like as a as a youth coming out so I I appreciate that it gives like some of that layering um, to then be able to then go and. Romance your daddies uh, around around town, uh, but it was just like it was fun. It was lighthearted. It was you know, I think they did a good job of like diversity in terms of like the different types of men you could romance. Um, like some other other dating sim games where it's like they're all ripped, jacked, like abs for days. Like this actually had like an array of like different types of of men, which was which was nice. Um, and then like I said, the other one right now that is it's not gay but it feels gay is Midnight Suns. Um like I know that they can't actually like canonically make any of these characters gay in the game because they're part of Marvel intellectual property and you can't be like Ghost Rider is definitely gay. Um but you can make him be like really 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 good friends with Spider-Man and like they can have like a shop that they open together and like build cars together and like it's beautiful. a bed and
3: breakfast in Vermont, you
0: know. Yeah, right, you know. But I there's some there is something about that the game that just like all and i've talked with other friends about it and it's like are you feeling the same thing that i'm feeling and they're like yes yes they definitely all like it's more than just like a friendship and i think it's more than like when you like watch the movies and they like they're all there for each other like there's a an, there's another layer of emotion that feels like an undercurrent in the game that has been really well done um even if it's not actually gay like it's felt that way as i'm playing if
1: we're talking about games that aren't probably not gay, but sure as fuck feel it, um, Metal Hellsinger is really, really like, so you, the woman you play who's trying to escape hell and the devil is a woman too. And it's got such like sexual chemistry between you and the devil. I'm like, there is, I'm like, We were, this is a breakup. Like, I was fucking the devil, something happened, and now we're escaping. It doesn't say that, but Jesus, like, I was, the more you say, I'm like, this feels like it. It's really hot. I mean, I love it. It's like, I've played the shit out of that game. It's so intense, and um, it's, because I'm a a sucker for first-person shooters, like the boomer shooters, like the run and gun real fast. None of this jingoist Call of Duty bullshit, like old school, (laughs) like Gibbs and nonsense, Um, you know, without the misogyny, Um, but like, also it's just got a kick-ass soundtrack, but like that's like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, come on, like the banter that I have with the devil, we this is intimate knowledge, like she... This is pillow talk that is now on like being thrown out like fighting words towards the end. Like this is a
2: a dramatic, dramatic breakup with fire and music.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's yeah. It's 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 wonderful.
0: So I think about so think about the game like kind of games we played and we talked about Hades 2 on the horizon. What what for, for each of you are things that like you are hoping to see in, you know, the next we'll call it five years because I feel like that's a good window because we all know that games take about seventeen years to develop and make. Um, so, like, what are what are you hoping to see in like the next couple waves of games as it pertains to kind of your experience as a as a gamer?
1: I would. I, I don't know if you have played this game. It's called Haven, um, and it's about this couple who are like I think they're like prisoners and they've escaped to some alien planet and they're like kind of trying to survive but they're an adorable couple like this isn't like they're 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 just in love i would love to see that with like a queer or like a trans couple no like the couple is the um is the main character you play kind of a oh
0: yeah I started playing that a little bit, and I I think I played, like, a demo where I played, like, a, it was free. Like, I actually tapped out because I was like, this is so straight. It, no,
1: it's so straight. That's it's so what I'm straight. Saying. Like, it, this needs to be really gay. Like, that would be adorable. I would love that. Where, like, you're just this queer couple, like, killing aliens. Like, I would love that. Honestly. <laughs>
0: About other, either Kate or Andre, are there things that you you hope you could see kind of moving forward?
2: I mean, on the one hand, I want to say more more queer nerds, Uh, but on the other hand, who am I kidding? Also, more buff lesbians, you know, kicking asses. I'm not gonna say no. I'm I I I would be lying, (laughs) you know. So uh, both both things, uh, you know, maybe more canonically queer. Female characters that are the sole female characters, and there's no choose your gender bullshit. Um, give us, you know, women, and that's like as the sole protagonist And make them unapologetically queer. I would love that. More of that, please, and thank you very much, Ubisoft. Are you listening? Um, so yeah. <laughs> we're not naming names, but we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, and i i I feel like we I feel like we we are probably remiss if we don't at least acknowledge The Last of Us as like a game franchise that has actually done that well
2: yes um
0: especially in part two and like
2: got a lot of hate for it
0: right got a lot of hate and that's and i always feel like that's the not that i feel bad for a major public like a gaming company because like you're not losing any money um but like i appreciate that someone took that step to say like no she is a lesbian yep and if you don't like it go kick fucking rocks because we'll get our money yeah
3: and actually what i'm hoping for at least in an upcoming near future is that like the success of last of us part two and just the general, like, I don't know. I feel like part of the absurdity of calling of like the homophobic comments that the last of us two got, like just airing that out kind of brought light to just how bad the discourse can be. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, the light being shed a little bit, uh, Ubisoft getting all that money. Was it Ubisoft? Sorry. I didn't play that game completely but like uh,
2: isn't it is it was is it, it Naughty Dog it was Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog yeah yeah it's not Ubisoft yeah. Ubisoft Ubisoft would never
3: <laughs> yeah uh, Ubisoft they it would have been open world collect uh but no I like Naughty Dog actually getting money because of it I think I rather I hope that that means that more games were like AAA games where the main character of a narrative game is canonically LGBTQ you cannot escape it you can't get out of it You just, in that way, more LGBTQ stories can be told, rather than just a single character in the game, like is just rainbow washed, or they're blatant stereotype, or their storyline can be completely like ignored or forgotten. So, I want more of that.
1: I would, I would love to see fewer rainbow washings, like post post character creation, where. You you collect you can hear them going oh shit it's July
2: we gotta we gotta put a rainbow get the dartboard out who's the like they spin the <laughs> wheel and it's like who's coming out yeah literally no yeah, yeah. No. It, it would also be nice out. to have it would also be nice to have like more nuance in stories like instead of gay tragic kill your gate story or everything is flowers and rainbows and unicorns like. A bit more nuance in the things. Also, like, some nuance between it's a dystopic universe and we need to kill everyone, and in this universe everyone can be gay and nobody cares. Like, something more, you know, little more variety in between those things. Um, because on the one hand, I'm, I, I don't particularly like tragic stories, but on the other hand, I understand that for some people, some sadness can be cathartic. And nothing can always be, you know, all happy and everything. But, like, I I don't think that big game studios lack the money to give us more wants among the things. Also more, like, chill games with gay characters doing things, right? Like, yeah. like unpacking, but, like, you know, and oh. the character is gay, right? I hated that game for reasons. Like, I loved it, but I also hated it. <laughs> How, but, you I know, mean, something boring.
0: <laughs> and I, I almost think, like, that's and it's a tree like my my hope for the future is that there's we almost we have to hit like a saturation point right like we have to like get a certain number of things through like triple a companies to have canonically queer and you even see that like we haven't really we haven't talked a lot about like kind of the racial aspects of games as well but like because we've got like uh was it forespoken on the horizon that, like, when that game got announced, like, of course, everyone was like, ah, oh, why is it a black woman in, in the middle of everything? And you're like, shut up. Black women exist. And, like, this, like, continued narrative of, like, if something has some a, a main character that is not a cis white straight man, that it is, like, a woke, politically correct, blah, blah, blah nonsense. And, like, I think at, like, the largest level, you just literally have to hit some sort of a saturation point. Where there's so much of it that now, like, if you complain about it, you're complaining about, like, a good chunk of the gaming industry mm-hmm. and your choice is either to shut up or stop playing video games. Like, and that's, um, I, and someone, someone on our pod said this. I think it was in, like, our very first episode. But, like, and I forget who the quote comes from, but, like, the quote was, like, change your heart or die. Like, and that's, like... Mm-hmm as we're approaching this point, like you either need to like be able to engage with different material or like fuck off. And it's not like they don't have alternatives.
3: Like there's so many games that just have no interest in, you know, exploring personalities, exploring relationships, exploring anything deeper than a bullet wound. So, you know, go play that. If you really cannot have representation in your games, you have plenty of games where you can completely disconnect and continue being a horrible person. Like, There's nothing stopping you. It's just at the same time, like, we've, like, it's 2023. We've already established that minorities play video games as well. They always have, have, you know, it's not like they suddenly started. They always have been. We're just asking that we get represented as well. So, like, we're just asking that we get our games as well. And also that, like, our stories can be meaningful and and impactful for everyone as well. They don't have to be just our thing, like that we tell around in our own circles and then just keep getting the awful, same repetitive stories over and over again. Like, we can, you know, spread the
2: love. Yeah. Also, if we can relate to straight storylines, then surely straight people can relate to gay storylines. If we can relate to elves, right? Right. Surely straight people can relate to gay storylines.
0: And I think, you know, I think that's always, and the, the big challenge I see is that there are a lot of games i think doing this but they all live in that like indie indie realm and like i think a lot of those games are getting more recognized like they're getting more of their time in the in the conversation right like like hades with um uh is it super big game super super giant giant, super, super giant yeah super giant like indie company like coming like but got like Tons of recognition and tons of, of notice. And like, I think we're seeing hopefully more of that. Cause I would love to see the like tireless work that indie developers have put into a lot of their games actually get the recognition that some of these games like rightfully deserve because they're, they're of a quality that's so good. And like, if they had the budget of Bioware, like they could do incredible things And what they're doing with what they have is so good and so interesting and is a shame that it's not getting the larger audience. And like when I go to a convention and wander through like the indie booths and like start talking with people and like finding things, like that's where I found games like Boyfriend Dungeon where you, it's a dungeon crawler slash dating simulator where you date people who turn into weapons and then you take them through dungeon crawls to fight bad guys. And every, every weapon is... I think all the different all the weapons are represented by like different genders and different gender expression. Um, one's a cat, so you can like take this like a cat turns into like a set of claws that you can like go down through the dungeon with. Like it's it's fun and like those kinds of things where it gives you just like that leeway and that freedom to to have fun. Um, my only complaint with that game is that you can't actually lock down a romance with anybody; it's all just like friendship, um, which is fine. And like every story has a has a conclusion. I won't say a good conclusion because some of them are. Like they're well, they're well done, but some of them are more emotionally uh, devastating than others. Yeah, but like, I mean,
3: not every game has to have like, you know, every gay person hooking up with with each other. It would be nice to have friends too,
0: <laughs> right? And if you want that, that game exists too. It's called Coming Out on Top. Like it's it's there.
2: <laughs> I thought it was called Sea of Thieves, but yes, okay. I mean, that's
0: <laughs> it, like. But like those games, I I just like I said, I think my big hope is like this in the the big undercurrent of like indie games that I think are doing a lot of the cool work and cool storytelling can start getting that traction because I think in the era that we're in now, especially like I I not say coming out of COVID, but like having come through COVID, people aren't going to conventions as much. People aren't going to play. They're going to find games wherever they are, and I think I'm hoping that that means that more indie developers are getting a little bit more like noticed because we're not going to like physical stores. We're going to steam. We're going to the PlayStation store and things are popping up and people are talking about stuff, which has given stuff more traction.
3: Yeah. Ultimately with the success of like a few indie titles. And then of course the large success of large, uh, large AAA companies that take the risk. I think we will eventually see some triple A more triple A companies kind of taking the plunge, finally realizing that, well, well, not just that LGBTQ people are valid, but that we are a marketable demographic. Uh, our wallets are full, so they'll start pandering to us as well. Yep. Hopefully, my whole only hope is that they do it properly. You know, <laughs> right? right. Pandering like, the good us, way.
2: Make us want to spend the money.
3: Right, right, because right. I think if you know Game Freak comes out and says, "By the way, Quacksley is gay now," I'm like, I'm not gonna buy a Scarlet Violet. Like, sorry.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I, I feel like I feel like we've, we're we're hitting about that point. I feel like this is a good. We've kind of we're ending I think on a better note. I, I wanted to get us off of like the people that have been terrible in games conversation. We ended I think in a, this is a good space to end. Um. So I will do as I as I always do, which is if if you would like to be found on the internet, on social media, etc. Um. And would like to tell us where you can be found. Um, we can we can go down the go down the line, and if you don't want to be found, that's totally fine. I will I will plug the Boston Gamers Twitter account in this as well, so people can find the large group should they want to. Um, but Andy, if if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you?
1: Well, uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Andy is trans now, um, and I mean I'm a final boss in the gamers so you're going to find me sooner or later which i don't know what my real screen name is it's andy christmas pun right now but i think it's ants in my eyes andy so
0: yeah yeah and for folks listening final final bosses in the the discord are the like moderators and the kind of yeah the folks who can come in and be like stop having stop being rude over here <laughs> get yourself together um kate where, where can people find you if you'd like to be found?
2: Uh, yes, I would like to be found. Um, I host uh, weekly streams on Twitch for the Save Ancient Studies Alliance, in which we play uh, video games that have antiquity, and we talk about antiquity because, surprise, I work with antiquity. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at, a, at ancientsave and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash saveancientstudies. And we usually stream every Friday. We start again on January the 13th, and we will be streaming Apotheon. All
0: right. And Andre. Um, I
3: tend to be very uh, quiet online. Uh, I, try, I try to stay away from the internet. TikTok has ruined me. Um, so, But if you do desperately really need to reach out to me, uh, I am Gabe Itch. Say that three times fast, and you'll get the joke. Uh, on the discord Uh, i'm also the one constantly posting corgi photos on the pets and people pics so but apart from that uh, i am anonymous you you exist in discord and that's where and that's where you stay which is honestly and then i i'll just like you know sneak through reddit every now and then but i don't comment on anything i just steal the memes and run
0: Nice. And, and as as always, the if you're listening to this podcast and you want to find us on socials, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with the same username, which is TheQueerXP. um So feel free to give us a follow. This is available on all platforms. And because I'm actually remembering to do this this time, I pulled up my schedule of what's coming up next. So if you're listening to this, the exciting thing coming up next week is an actual play of a game called Our Flag Means Kiss which is a riff on Our Flag Means Death, where we're going to be gay pirates going out and trying to find some booty. And I'll give a, I'll give a little teaser just because I haven't recorded it yet, so I just want to make sure that the person actually is... is nothing happens. But one uh, a voice actor from one of the games that we referenced in today's episode will be one of our actual play players. So mm-hmm. I will leave that little teaser if you'd like to join us next week for what is the first of two parts of our flag means kiss one final thing before we wrap up is if you are listening to this and enjoy the conversation that you heard with these wonderful folks this group the boston gamers will be hosting a live and in-person panel at pax east in the end of march and the conversation is going to be around remembering the t and lgbtq plus gaming so we put together a panel of trans gamers to speak to their experiences as it pertains to gaming where they felt seen where they haven't felt seen and really dive into some of those more nuanced conversations specifically around trans identities so if you are happening to be at pax east this upcoming year we hope that we will see you there and in the meantime once again my name is eric this is the queer experience and thank you so much for joining us